Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our Leadership with Linnea series. In every episode of this series, I'll be joined by one guest from the Actus Leadership Council ranks or a contributor from one of our Actus public Locations to discuss a topic relevant to leaders in the industry, whether or not they currently hold a traditional management title. Today's topic is the state of remote CDI work, and my guest is Vanessa Elliott, VSN, RN, CCDS, who is the Enterprise System CDI Educator at West Virginia University Medicine. Vanessa has 28 years of nursing experience and 10 of those working in the CDI area as a manager, director, and educator. Most of her bedside experience was spent in ICU settings. Currently, she is also serving on the 2022-2023 Actus Leadership Council, and she is a member of the Texas Actus Local Chapter Leadership Team. Vanessa will also be speaking at the 2023 Actus National Conference in Chicago this May. Before we jump into our topic, a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by the 2023 Actus National Conference, which takes place May 8th through 11th, 2023 at the Hyatt Regency in Chicago. We spend more than half of our lives at our jobs. It's time to see our professional lives for what they are, our lives. It's time to not just see our nine to fives as work, but to see ourselves as part of a community of individuals striving to learn and grow. It's time to see your job in CDI as an opportunity to flourish personally and professionally. You'll find sessions for all experience levels and backgrounds in each of the conference tracks for 2023, which include clinical encoding, CDI masterclass, quality and regulatory, management and program development, and innovation and expansion. As well as unparalleled educational content, the Actus 2023 conference features inspirational keynotes to recharge your soul and opportunities to network with your peers that will revive your pride in the profession and send you back home with a new spring in your step. As always, Actus provides breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages during breaks and an opening night reception, all included with your registration. So join us in 2023. It's the right environment, the right nutrients, and the right atmosphere to better understand all the ways you can turn your daily work into an opportunity to not just live, but flourish. Those who register by March 6th, 2023 have access to our early bird discount price, which gives you $100 off your registration. So make sure to act now. Learn more and register at the link in today's show notes. And now back to the show. Thanks again for joining me today, Vanessa. I am really excited to chat with you about remote work. And let's just jump right in. So as our listeners may or may not know, Actus recently released the 2022 CDI salary report, and we included a new section this year on the state of remote work. This is the first time we've included questions on that topic. According to an earlier survey, which was the 2022 CDI Week Industry Survey, only about 13 
and a half percent of survey respondents were 100% remote prior to the pandemic. But during the pandemic, that that percentage jumped all the way up to over 77 and a half percent. And now in kind of a somewhat post-pandemic world, if we ever can, can have such a thing, according to our 2022 salary survey, 56.45% still work 100% remotely and another 30.2% work partially remotely, either with a set number of days on site per week or remotely with the option to go on site as needed or desired. And less than 10% of our survey respondents work fully on site. So Vanessa, I know you are remote yourself. Could you tell us a bit about how that structure works for your team? Are all of you 100% remote or do you have any sort of on-site component? And then how has that structure impacted the way you interact as a team with your providers? Okay, I will do my best to answer that. So um, I started with this system, WVU, in June of last year. And since that time, we've been 100% remote. Um, We do have the structure is we have a director, two managers, two educators, and 26 total staff. Out of those people, the only person who really works on site is um, one of the managers because she's local in the area to the main campus that's in Morgantown, West Virginia. So you asked, I think, I believe you asked, how did this work for our team? Um, The one thing that I would say that probably has been, for me, um, has been interesting is because prior to this, I had never worked in 100% remote so engaging with people has been, um, it's been, it's just been different. I'm not saying it's hard, but it can be uh, a little bit challenging at times, I guess is a good word. So when I first came on last year, one of the things that I did is I sat down with each of the staff, all 26 of them, and met, did like a meet and greet. Um, so when you talk about the provider component, it does change the dynamic. So the outpatient staff, we have two outpatient staff and they do sometimes on occasion go on site to clinics and meet with providers. However, it's probably, I would say 98% of the time they are at home working remote like the rest of the team. How it has changed is, you know, we schedule things uh, remotely with administrative assistance via Teams and uh, we create presentations and we do follow up questions if they have any. Um, So it's just changed the way you're delivering the information. You're not getting the same dynamic that you would get when you're meeting in person with them. But we found that they're overall pretty responsive to us, you know, and when they're not, we have a, a group of physician advisors that can help us follow up with questions that we may have or queries that we may send. So it's just, you know, they say that change is inherent. So um, it's definitely been a good change, but uh, it's been a challenging change too. Absolutely. And I think in a way, I don't know that we would have gotten to this point without the push of the pandemic or that we would have gotten to this kind of remote environment that we all live in as quickly without that. Um, And it forced a lot of people to live on their kind of think on their feet in a way um, that maybe they wouldn't have had to do (laughs) otherwise. Um, But it, it can be a very good, good change. So I'm glad to hear that despite challenges, it seems to to work out pretty well for you. Um, I know switching gears like a little bit about remote work. So 
obviously one of the things that remote work enables is that organizations can now hire from outside their geographic region in some cases. Like you mentioned, there's only one person who kind of goes on site because they're local enough on the inpatient side. And in fact, about 13.5% of salary survey respondents currently review for an organization outside of their state of residence, and another 7.5% review for an organization with sites that are both inside and outside their state of residence. Now, I know that you currently live in a different state than your organization's primary location. What challenges come with that structure? And then how has it impacted your kind of work-life balance and the relationships that you're building with your team, particularly as an educator? I think the biggest challenge for me is that I normally, in any ever job that I've ever had in the past, I've always been able to meet these people in person first before starting to work with them. So, you know, I did get to meet, um, like, the director and the manager and one of the educators last year at the conference prior to me taking this job. But it's just, it's a different, I think you have to kind of take things at a different angle. Like I said, I do the meet and greets. And I do try to do a lot of phone calls and conversations with the staff. Like, for instance, to give you an example, I had a staff member today that I met with because she we wanted to discuss a query that she sent. And so we reviewed it and I screen shared and we walked through it and she answered questions and things like that. So um, I think it just you have to think outside the box and be innovative with how you're going to work with these people and build rapport. Um, I do know that I'm fairly new to the system. So, you know, people are still getting to know me and that's something that I'll continue to work hard to do. Um, so, and as far as work-life balance, I think sometimes when you work at home, there's not really a difference between work or home. And it's because basically I've heard the old attache work is home and home is work. So you have to work pretty hard to separate those because otherwise sometimes you feel like you're not disconnecting from work because you're at home where your work is and work is home. So it's, I know that's, I keep repeating that, but it, it truly is something you have to work hard at. And I've tried hard to, you know, find some other avenues to get out of the house. I started taking yoga and things like that, but those are just things I've done to try to, to help balance that out a tad. Absolutely. And I know that's, that's a struggle that I know very well as, as well. Prior to 2020, I was primarily on site in the Actus office. And then of course, with March 2020, we all moved remote. And then over the course of the last couple of years, I moved to a different state. So I have, <laughs> I know that dilemma well of uh, trying to separate your work and your regular everyday life Um well, it's all sharing the same space. So totally understand that. I think our listeners are going to resonate with that as well. In, in addition to kind of that geographically dispersed teams, remote work has also really enabled healthcare systems to move from more of a site-specific model, where CDI specialists review records for a specific site within the system, to more of a corporate or system-wide model, where specialists review for multiple sites across the system. At WVU, do you have a site-specific model or a system-wide one at your organization? And then what struggles would you foresee with each model? Well, the way it's currently set up, and we're working on changing some things, but currently they review at their primary site. 
So we have six primary sites. Um, we're actually about to onboard another site uh, March 1st, but um, at the site that they are assigned currently, they primarily review at that particular site within the system that we use to do reviews. And then if for some reason they were to run out of patients because the census was low or something like that, they can roll over to another site that has a more patients or a higher census, and they can pick up patients from those particular entities. Um, we are also working in an auto assignment process, but it's very, very new in the you know the stages of that, uh, and I'm not really directly involved in that. So um, that hopefully will kind of help things as we move forward because we will be, um, you know, getting some new systems and programs in place within the next few months. It's exciting. It's always exciting to see those changes start to happen, even though they can be daunting and <laughs> cause some heartache in the midst of it. <laughs> right, right. I would think that having kind of a dispersed team might make it easier to hire staff members since you can expand your potential hiring pool kind of beyond your immediate local area. And according to the salary survey, nearly half of our respondents are planning to hire this year. So it's certainly going to be competitive for employers who are looking to hire new staff. So do you think that the possibility to work outside of your kind of immediate local area will impact potential employees' decisions? And then in your opinion, if someone was looking for a new CDI role, what factors would maybe make an employer stand out amongst the crowd? The employee, as far as hiring people, I think definitely the fact that it is 100% remote will definitely draw more candidates and it gives you a larger candidate pool that's qualified for the job because there are some organizations that do hire uh, inexperienced CDI or people that do not have CDI experience. For the most part, we're currently not doing that because we're still working on building the team some, but you know, that's going to be entertained in the future for sure. And I do think that things that would stand out if I were an employee looking to get a job at a new organization as far as employer would be, you know, looking at the entire picture, like, you know, the number of days vacation allowed annually, you know, the benefit package, you know, um, maybe just your reputation as an organization. I will say this, when I was hired for this job last April, um, one of the things I've really liked, or I was hired actually in June, but was offered the job in April, is I like to try to network with people within the profession and find out, you know, good, bad, whatever about an organization. And so when I asked questions about WVU, I did not get uh, negative feedback. And I had asked some questions about other organizations. And, you know, there was a certain amount of, you know, I'm not sure about this or that. And it's given me a chance to just look at, you know, when I was trying to get a job, just look at kind of the reputation of an organization, not just what you read on the internet, but maybe there are people that had interacted with these organizations in the past. And maybe, you know, that for whatever reason might have not been um, the uh, place that I would be a good fit for them or they would be a good fit for me. Because I truly believe when you go and you, you know, are trying to get a new job as an employee or a potential employee, that it's not just about you trying to get a better position for yourself. It's about the organization needing to find the best person that fits that particular job. Absolutely. And that 
goes so much beyond just sort of your compensation package. There's so many other factors, even things like I know I've, I've spoken to uh, Don Divin, who's also at your organization, and she often talks about the professional development opportunities as being like a really important factor to consider when you're looking at, at joining a team. You know, what does your job look like five years from now at that organization? Is it it's going to take you down a path that you want to be on with a team that you want to be a part of? It's a very complicated (laughs) consideration, I think. It's actually funny that you say that because I'll add on to we do have a career ladder at WVU. And that is, you know, something that a lot of organizations do not have. And I think it's a drawing card for CDI staff, especially your more seasoned CDI staff that are looking for an opportunity to kind of advance at where they're at. So it definitely adds more to that. And, you know, some of the things about WVU is, you know, they have tuition reimbursement because it is affiliated with the WVU University. So, um, so there's, I mean, and I'm not making an ad for WVU, but I'm just explaining to you, those are things that you look at as a potential, you know, new hire that you think is a plus, you know. Exactly. And it, it, it all goes back to where do you want this new position to take you? So if you're looking for, for continuing education, a continuing education budget or, you know, allocation or however you want to look at it would be a very, very valuable asset when you're looking at an employer. So that's a great point. So obviously your role is an educator. So I would love to hear about your education for remote employees. What does that look like? Are there considerations that you have to take into account for remote employees that maybe someone who has on-site employees doesn't have to think about? Well, I think the one thing that we've all been faced with and probably will make a lot of people laugh is technical issues. (laughs) But, you know, um, we, we all we all are faced with that, you know, because you're, you know, maybe your internet kicks you off or your camera for some reason, if you're using, you know, your webcam doesn't work or like, for instance, your headset isn't working and that can impact when you're trying to do a presentation or speak to staff. So I think the biggest thing is making sure new staff have all the appropriate equipment, you know, make sure they have a webcam that works, they, you know, the audio works, the monitors, all the equipment that they need. Because if you're in the office, you can walk down the, you know, down the hall and check all that for them. You don't have to make sure, you know, virtually that that works, you know, make sure that they know how to operate the platform that you'll be you know, teaching them on, like, for instance, we use Microsoft Teams, you need to make sure that they are able to navigate that system, they're able to screen share. Those are things that you'll do every day, we're actually in the process of trying to onboard um, two new people that will be coming on uh, March 1st. And those are some of the things that we've, you know, began to do with the onboarding process, you know, in the past, when I did education, in another organization, we would have actually manual binders, you know, with like, uh, okay, here's your orientation checklist, here's the list of resources, here's this, and it was all tabbed off. And now, you know, all those resources are electronic, and they're saved, we we have, we're transitioning to using Teams and storing things within folders within Teams so that all their educational resources are there. And all that is kind of subdivided based on who needs what. So we're definitely, that's a work in progress for us. But it, I, I am a big fan of Microsoft Teams and that structure. Yeah, I think the technology piece is something I feel like folks were not necessarily prepared to 
deal with when everybody went remote a couple years ago. Um, and even to this day, I mean, technology has glitches. It just does. And like you said, you can't just walk down the hall and, <laughs> and just talk to the person. You're reliant on those systems. I mean, I know even I live in, in New England and recently we've been getting quite a bit of snow and I lost power in the middle of a meeting the other day. And, you know, nothing I can do about it. <laughs> it's just just the way it is <laughs> <laughs> oh i i can relate i can relate for some reason my computer likes to kick me off and it'll say connecting reconnecting and it always seems to be in the middle of some sort of meeting that i'm trying to make a comment about and i'm like oh how can uh, right? <laughs> so vanessa as we kind of close out our conversation today do you have any advice for those who maybe recently took on a full-time remote role at a new organization especially since you've you've kind of been there yourself in the last year? Um, I guess the biggest piece of advice that I would probably say is take breaks, go outside, experience vitamin D, some sunlight. You know, um, if, you know, most of the CDI world is salary, you know, if you're not salary, then clock out. But, you know, you're, you are expected to do, you know, at least your eight to eight and a half hours a day, you know, and put in your time, but make sure you're allowing yourself adequate time to take a break and uh, kind of a mental break more than anything, because I think sitting at a desk all day long and looking at chart after chart can be mentally, you know, it can be mentally tiring at times. And so you do need to take that break, even if it's a break to walk around the yard a couple of minutes or maybe go down the street and have, you know, a 15 or 20 minute, you know, maybe you're going to grab a Starbucks and come back. The goal is that you you need to be the best version of yourself for that organization and for your employer. So um, I think that's just a key is finding balance. And for for me, that's what I've had to do is to find that balance. Absolutely. That's great advice to end on. Um, and just thank you so much for this entire conversation, Vanessa. It's been really helpful and fun. And unfortunately, we have run out of time for the discussion today. But as always, if our audience members have any questions about the topic, they can email the ACTUS team at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. We will also put that email address in today's show notes, which are available on actus.org and in your podcast app, and you can grab it straight from there. Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. First, as I alluded to during my conversation with Vanessa today, the 2022 CDI Salary Survey Report is now available for download for all Actus members. The Salary Survey data, at least in my opinion, is some of the most valuable information Actus provides for members every year, and it's one that members frequently reference over the course of of the year. Although the salary data is interesting from sort of an academic viewpoint, our hope is that members will leverage the information to help them advance their careers and their programs. Over the years, Actus members have leveraged this report to advocate for new roles, promotions, pay increases, and more. 
So how can this information help you particularly? First, do go and read through the entire report. Yes, the amount of information the survey provides may be overwhelming at first glance. There are 46 charts and tables of data this year, but try to look at the information with an eye toward your own goals and your particular needs. For example, let's start with those of you who are looking to make a case for a higher salary. Now, the salary survey feels like a natural place for you to start building your case, but you still need to focus your attention on the information specifically beneficial to your skill level and background. When putting together your proposal, start by looking at the average salary ranges that that correspond to those with similar job titles to you, those with similar years of experience, certifications, and educational background, and those who live and work in similar geographic regions to you. These ranges will give you a good idea of what salary range, salary bracket you could be looking at. Then submit your proposal to your leadership with the data to back it up. I do hope that this year's report helps you advance your career in 2023, but I also hope you feel emboldened um, to leverage the other ACTUS data that we have available to build your cases for future CDI projects and personal professional development. We don't want you to read the reports once and move on. We really want this information to serve you and benefit your careers and your organizations in the long run. The salary survey is an ACTUS membership benefit as as I mentioned, and members can access it via the link in today's show notes. The second thing I want to remind our members of is that the first quarterly membership conference call of 2023 is right around the corner on Thursday, February 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern. These quarterly calls, which are a benefit of membership as well, focus on specific topics of interest to professionals and highlight the work of ACTUS's advisory board and our committees. If you enjoyed today's conversation, I would highly suggest tuning into this month's call by using the registration link in today's show notes or visiting the quarterly calls section of the website under the events and education tab. During the call, I'll be joining ACTUS Director of Programming Rebecca Hendren and members of the advisory board to take a deep dive into the CDI salary data and what it means for the future of the industry. You really don't want to miss this one. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Finally, I want to remind everyone that this is your last chance to apply for an ACTUS board or committee until June. If you're interested in applying to serve on the ACTUS Advisory Board, which provides leadership, expertise, and an industry voice for the ACTUS membership, the Forms and Tools Committee, which reviews materials donated to the ACTUS community for publication in the ACTUS Resource Library for accuracy, compliance, relevance, and effectiveness, or the Chapter Advisory Board, which serves as liaisons between local chapter leaders and ACTUS National Administration by participating in chapter leadership conference calls, promoting best practice, and providing guidance to leaders across the country, do make sure you apply by February 10th. Once the application period closes, we'll begin reviewing applications and notifying applicants of appointments in mid-February. Do note, however, that board members are ultimately elected by a popular vote of ACTUS members after the general application period closes. So those applicants will be notified a bit later than the rest, likely in late March or early April. As with the salary survey report and the quarterly call information, we'll include a link to the boards and committees application in today's 
show notes. And to access those show notes on the Actus website, click the Actus podcast link in the resources dropdown. Scroll down just below that description on that landing page and click today's show in the list. As a reminder before we close out, each Actus podcast episode now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs, which can be used towards recertifying your CCDS or CCDSO credential for those who listen to the show in the first two days from the time of publication. To receive your 0.5 CEUs, go to the show page on actus.org by clicking on Actus podcast under the resources tab, scrolling down below the description on that landing page and clicking on the most recent episode of the list. That show page includes instructions for completing the brief evaluation. Your certificate will be automatically emailed to you upon submitting that evaluation form. The cutoff for today's episode CEU is Friday, February 3rd at 11 p.m. Eastern. After that point, the CEU period will close and you will not be eligible for the 0.5 CEUs for this week's episode. If you listen to all the episodes and claim all the CEUs for the podcast episodes this year, including today's episode, as well as our past two episodes in January, you'll have earned 13 free CEUs for the year. With that, we have reached the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, February 15th for our next show, which will be part of our Talking CDI series hosted by Actus Director of Programming, Rebecca Hendren. If you would like to receive reminders about each episode, make sure you're subscribed to our free weekly newsletter, CDI Strategies, which always includes a link to the new episode when it's available. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we would appreciate it if you would take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the free music archive. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. Until next time, take care, everyone.